Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. Right here on the AFS Radio Network, uh, broadcasting via Blog Talk Radio, uh, simulcast on the Arena Sports Network, and um, however you may be listening to the program, we thank you for having you along, uh, along for the ride. Of course, we uh, we also have. Uh, Contact us on our Facebook page. That's Fit Down Sports Show on Facebook, um, and we're also uh, we're also going to give a little bit of a shout out. We're we're new members of the NCAA Sports Nation group on Facebook, so you can you can you can find us there. Um, you can get in touch with us there. We use that platform to. Uh, spread a lot of our views around during the week and uh 
get out get get involved in some of the other some of the topics. So we just want to give a shout out to the group to to uh the different groups that allow us to uh allow us to uh get our opinions out there, get our show out there. So we uh we thank we thank them for giving us a platform and um that's what we got going on. So obviously um we got a lot going on in terms of division. We had the division round on Saturday and Sunday leading up to champ we'll get we'll get to the championship uh we'll get to championship games, championship Sunday um towards the end of the show. But I'm going to open with a uh we'll open we'll open with um the past week and we'll go through we'll go we'll go through the division round and uh talk about what we had going on there catch everybody up and after um catch everybody up on the divisional round and then we'll go from there so let's um let's start we'll start in Kansas City where the Indianapolis Colts it was everybody thought the Indianapolis Colts had the momentum I said it last week that I thought the Chiefs were in the better position that um um that I I I didn't I I didn't think I didn't think Indianapolis had the right defense um I thought their zone defense would get picked apart by the Chiefs and the Chiefs were able to do that early and often the thing we didn't expect was the Chiefs defense showing up and why did the Chiefs defense show up? Well, it showed up because uh, D. Ford and the rest of that defensive line got pressure on uh, Andrew Luck. So you could sit there and say, "Oh, you know, uh, you know, you've heard people all, all this time. Oh, the Chiefs, Chiefs defense is for real. The Chiefs defense." took care of what they need to do. Justin Houston and D Ford got got a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And the offense took care of business to where Indianapolis looked like they were pressing. Once they get once Indianapolis fell behind by two scores, they were pressing the entire time. And that's not the way Indianapolis wants to play. And you could tell they were out of their element and that and and that they they just did not want to change anything up. So that's where they got to um, for the divisional games. I forgot to mention. I'm so excited to get into the show. If you want to join the show, if you want to talk about, if you want to talk um, about anything going on in the world of sports. You're welcome to call the show live. Our, our phone number is 646-668-8467. So um, if you want to join, be part of the discussion, feel right ahead. Go right ahead. Call the show. We love to hear from from the fans. We love to hear what the fans think about all this. But anyway, um, 
getting back to where we're at. Um, I, I thought the Chiefs just pretty much dominated the game. We we knew the offense was going to be there. We didn't know the defense would be there, but Kansas City did show up. Uh, D, uh, Justin Houston, D. Ford did make things happen, and that's really all we can go all we can go on. Kansas City played an all out and put put it all to, all together put it all together and secured their home field. So good for them. Let's go on to the second game of of Saturday night, which we'll have more on later in the show. But the Los Angeles Rams beating the Dallas Cowboys, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm impressed with the way the Cowboys fought in the second half. I really thought that game was good. this game was going to be out of control, and I thought it was going to slip away from the Cowboys very quickly. To their credit, it did not. They were able to keep it an eight-point finish. Um, you know, but really, the Cowboys were never in this game. They were never in the game from pretty much middle of the first quarter until. Pretty much the end. I mean, the defense, at the beginning, the defense was bend but don't break, getting two, holding the Rams to two field goals. But once the Rams broke through and found C.J. Anderson running up, up the – he wasn't even running through holes. He was running through gaps. There were huge gaps in that defense. And – the Cowboys just could not stop anything that the Rams were doing. And the Rams were able to get it right through, right down their throat. Now, the second half, Cowboys came back and they had a chance. Third down, Jared Goff scrambling. And I, no one is pointing this out, but I, I noticed it right away. Jeff Heath doing what Jeff Heath does and doing absolutely ridiculous things at safety, lets the quarterback run right by him for no apparent reason. Um, And and that's been the Cowboys' Achilles heel all year, is safety play. And I've, I've, I've told you this numerous times that Jeff Heath is, I, I, I don't know how he's a starter on the Cowboys defense. I've said it all year. I, I I don't understand it. He if there's one upgrade that the Cowboys need to make on defense, it is the back end of the secondary. You cannot have Jeff Heath and Xavier Woods as your starting secondary going into next season for the Dallas Cowboys. Um or you're going to see a lot of the same results. And we'll talk a little bit about the Dallas Cowboys later on because apparently that's all the media wants to talk about. But I want to focus on the L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams put themselves in a great position. Um, I mean, look at what they did. They did not exhaust their playbook to beat the Dallas Cowboys. They lined up and ran straight at them using C.J. Anderson, Todd Gurr. Both both guys ran for 100 yards, but really the bulk of the job was done by C.J. Anderson. 
when they go into next week, Todd Gurley's going to be pretty well rested. So, um, not a bad, uh, not a, not, not a bad showing for the LA Rams. They should be in good shape um, for the next for their next game. Which let's go. Let's move right. Let's move right along here to the New England Patriots and the Los Angeles Chargers. I, you know, I always like to call them the San Diego Chargers, and um, I, I've said this before. I've said I've said this until they play in a real stadium that's not a soccer field. Um, you know, that's when I will call them the LA. That's when I will call them LA. But right now they're still the San Diego Chargers. They don't have a home. Some people don't understand that, but you know, it's just the reality of things. So that that's what we're talking about. So anyway, let's get let's get to the game here. The New England Patriots. I, this game was over before before you could blink. This game was over. I mean. It ended up score ended up forty one to twenty eight, but I mean, this game was twenty. I gotta look at the box score because I gotta make sure I get this right. It was twenty. This game was was twenty eight to. It was thirty five to seven at halftime. When this game was twenty, you know, once this game got up to twenty one seven. They put another one on him, 28. I, 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 you knew the game was over. I mean, New England was just absolutely pounding the Chargers, and the Chargers had no answer. They couldn't stop them. And, yes, they held the Patriots to just six points in the second half, but the Patriots were already in shutdown mode. They were already in the mode of, we got this. We're we're just going to put this on cruise control. Um Sony Michelle running running wild. Um, Sony Michelle was running wild. Tom Brady was typical Tom Brady. Thirty four out of thirty four out of forty four. It it was just a masterful performance by the New England Patriots, and and the Chargers. You know, it was kind of like the Chargers didn't know who they were playing. And it was kind of it was kind of strange to watch them come out. I mean, it's as if they didn't know that New Eng- that New England was a different team. They came out in the same defense that beat Baltimore, and they thought it maybe they thought New England is Baltimore. I mean, there's these are two totally different offenses. How you thought you could come out with safeties at linebacker and the Patriots weren't going to run the football is ridiculous. You thought you could sit back in zone coverage and let Tom Brady throw the ball. But if anybody knows anything, Tom Brady's going to beat up zone coverage every day, all day, every day. So there's no reason why you would want li- why you would want safeties in at linebacker, you and, and drop them in coverage. There's no reason to do that against Tom Brady. You want 
against Tom Brady, the blueprint for beating Tom Brady is getting pressure up in his in front of him. That's the blueprint for beating Tom Brady is get in his face, force him to move off his spot and and hope that he makes a mistake. Though that's the way that's the way you have to do it. So I don't understand what the Chargers were doing. Um, nobody really knows what the Chargers were trying to do. Um, and whatever they were trying to do, we saw. We obviously saw that it didn't work. Um, yeah, it was a a disaster of a game. And New England did what what they do, setting up next week for New England to head to Kansas City in the late game. Of course, we'll preview everything uh, towards the back end of the show, give you some uh, previews and some predictions. So we've got that coming up. Now let's get to the fourth game of the week, which was surprisingly the best game of the week, The, the the other games, I thought were were the where, you know, I I thought the I I thought of all the games that this one would be the one that got out of control, and it turns out it was the only one that actually stayed, um, within a, a competitive uh, game for for a long time for the longest time, um. And, and that was Philadelphia against New Orleans, and Philadelphia jumped out to an early 14-0 lead, only to see Drew Brees and the Saints come back. The Saints picked it up on defense. And then, you know, I, I totally saw this game turning right at the end there. Um, New Orleans, New Orleans took a six-point lead. And I saw New Orleans, and they tried a field goal and missed. When they missed that field goal, I immediately thought, this is Nick Foles. This is some Nick Foles magic. You know, you get the missed field goal. You get the pass to Ertz. You get a 15-yard personal foul penalty. All of a sudden, you're right there in striking distance of putting the ball in the end zone he makes a throw to his most loyal pass catcher, throws it to Alshon Jeffrey, goes right through his hands, gets intercepted. It, it was just one of those moments where you thought, all right, this is stacking up for Nick Foles to make a run at it here. And he almost pulled it off. You know, he did almost pull it off. If not for Alshon Jeffrey letting the ball go right through his hands, but um, any way we look at it, the um, the Saints are moving on, and all all the home so far. And last last week we have it. We have all the home teams winning. We had all the home teams win. We had the Rams win at home. We had the Saints win at home. Now the Rams will travel to New Orleans. We saw this game earlier in the year. It was a uh, 
it was a Saints victory. It was hard fought until until close to the end of that game. Um, so a lot to go over in that one. A lot to go over in that one. And again, we have another repeat of a game. Uh, New England and Kansas City played earlier this year. Only difference is the first game was in New England. This one will be in Arrowhead. So we will uh, we'll break all of those down after. We'll, we'll break all of those games down towards the end of the show um, when we usually do our predictions for next week. So, so that's the uh, that's the division round in a nutshell, and what we learned, and we, we've done this a little bit in the NFL, in the NFL is what did we learn, and let's 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 examine this because a lot of people have come into the week, and a lot of the shows have tried to answer the questions, and we want to. We want to get to the bottom of some of these answers, and some of them have given us the goofiest answers of all time. Some people out there just want to believe in nostalgia, so let's just go through the answers to some of these questions. In New England, what is what is the big question with the New England Patriots? The big question the media wants to ask this week is, who is most responsible for this dynasty? Who is most responsible for the New England Patriots? Is it Tom Brady? Is it Bill Belichick? Who is at the forefront? And we, we've had some answers on this, so I want to make sure I get um, those. I, I want to make sure I get people. Um, want to make sure I get people in there. So. Let's go to the videotape, as Warner Wolf would say. Let's just bring this down here. Okay. Get better results, blah, 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 blah. That's that one, that's that one. Here we go. So we've got a couple answers. Some, some people have tried to cop out say both we know who you are we know who we know who you are when you try when people try to cop out on this oh it's both of them it's both the guy we know that they both hold it's it's a question of who gets more of the credit and to do that you have to separate and you have to give an answer you can't just sit there on the sidelines so we had uh so we had Jonathan respond here, and Jonathan responded. I want. I just want to read. He says that it's Belichick, and his reasoning is that um, when the Patriots lost Tom Brady for an entire season, they still won ten games. They didn't make the playoffs, but they still went ten and five that year. Uh, with Matt Castle, you could also throw in the fact that um, 
you could also throw in the fact that um, when Tom Brady was suspended, they had Jimmy G in there, went 4-0. So, um, you know, you can you can point to a lot of different – a lot of times when Tom Brady wasn't there that the, the, the ship kept, kept going. You know, they didn't they didn't lose that much focus. Um, they didn't lose that much focus uh, between the two when Tom Brady was out for various things. Um, we had another guy, Ed, here. He says it's Brady because going off that 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 castle that castle inherited an eighteen and one team. Um, he says that, uh, he says that, uh, Brady has carried, carried Bill, uh, throughout his career, which is interesting, um, which is an interesting thing, um, uh, we've had a couple guys, we've had my boy Kev, he says, he says it's Brady, because Belichick Belichick was fired before referencing his time in Cleveland, and we had and we had my buddy Jason, who says it's Brady. It's not the system. It's the guy running the system, and that um, he says it's disrespectful to call Brady a system quarterback. Now here we go. Let me get down to business here. And the answer to this question is is actually twofold, and it's it's becoming more of a Brady answer. But if you look at the entire the entire scope of the um the entire scope of of the dynasty in New England. The um, the answer to this question is Bill Belichick. Okay, and it's not because Brady's done it, and and it's it's because if you look at the way that this team, the way that the team has done it, my answer to this question is Bill Belichick. This team has done it every single every single time they've done it. They've done it a different way. It hasn't been the same group of guys. It hasn't been the same way. Go back to 2001. Go back to their first championship. How did they win? They won by Ty Law, Lawyer Malloy. Those guys mugging the Rams receivers, shutting down the greatest show on turf. It was a total defensive battle. And you know what? They went in. They did it that way. And then... You go then you go to Carolina you know, the game against Carolina. They kinda won it the same way. Managing the game. Letting Brady letting Brady do his thing, managing the game, getting the team down, getting a game winning field goal. Then you go on to the next stretch of years where you had um you had the, the Eagles, the you know, the Super Bowl against the Eagles. And you had the Super Bowls the Super Bowls that they lost to the Giants. 
those games were Tom Brady leading the offense and the defense kind of just being along for the ride. But they did it a different, you know, they've done it different ways. It hasn't been, it's not, it's not Brady leading a system. It's been done a bunch of different ways. And that to me is the head coach. That to me says that's the head coach in charge. That's the general manager, Bill Belichick, getting the right pieces in place for them to play correctly. And that's the way that I, I see it. That's why I say it's Bill Belichick. It's Bill Belichick who's more important to this Patriots way because he is the Patriots way. He is what dictates what goes on. He is and and when you look at the game on you just look at the last game on on sat, on on Sunday. That was Bill Belichick saying they want to go with this. They want to go with this small lineup. We're going to run the ball down their throat. And they did. And then they threw the ball out of the backfield to the running backs. They said they can't cover us. We're going to throw the ball to wide open receivers. That's you know, it was such a game plan. It was such a game plan model that I would have to go with. If you were to ask me who is more important, it's Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick's more important to the New England Patriots and the way that they do their thing because he picks the players. He puts the players in the positions that they're supposed to be. He makes the decisions to say, we need this guy, we don't need this guy. We need to replace this guy because of this, because we need to get rid of this guy because he's over the hill. Whatever that way is, that's Bill Belichick. That's not Tom Brady. No, and that's not to say Tom. You know, we always have these kinds of arguments, and we say, you know, oh, because I picked Bill Belichick, I think Tom Brady stinks. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that Bill Belichick does so many different things as the defensive coach, as the head, as the defense. He does run that defense, whether you like it or not. He is one of the guys behind there. You know, he's got his his staple on that defense. So he he is is aware of it. He's doing the defense. He's doing the the play call, you know. He he's he's involved in the in the decision making as the head coach. He's involved in 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 the general manager. Tom Brady just has to play quarterback. He doesn't have to manage all these different aspects of what the Patriots are. And that's why it's Bill Belichick. And is that to say, if you took, you know, a lot of people want to say, well, he wasn't a winner until he got Tom Brady. Well, Tom Brady wasn't a winner until Tom Brady wasn't a winner when he, until he was paired with Bill Belichick. And you've seen the way that they progress. You know, they have progressively brought him along. Tom Brady didn't jump onto the scene and just start tearing it up. No, he was cared for by Bill Belichick, catered to early on, and then once he once he proved himself, he was given the reins and able to open that offense up. But in the beginning, it was 
win games by defense, special teams, and hope that Tom Brady didn't turn the ball over. That's how they won their first Super Bowl. That's how they got to their second Super Bowl against Carolina. And then they started to say, wait a minute, Tom Brady's doing good. Tom Brady's uh, doing magical things. We can open this offense up. And that's when they started opening things up. So, for me, the answer has to be Bill Belichick because of the way that we've seen things go. And that that still says Tom Brady's still the most accomplished quarterback of all time. We I saw this argument before where somebody where somebody on one of the shows tried to say Tom Brady is the greatest athlete of this generation. Um that's a very big stretch and that's something we 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 usually save for the summer when we talk about greatest you know when we do our summer of greatness where we talk about putting people on on the pedestals putting people in orders um to to say that Tom Brady it, it's a parsing of words Tom Brady is not the greatest athlete of all time he could be the most accomplished athlete of all time. You could say that about him. But Tom, there is no way you could tell me Tom Brady is the best athlete. I mean, athletically, you could put so there are so many other guys that you can put into that into that category. But Tom Brady is more accomplished. He's more accomplished than a lot of those of those guys. But as far as the – if you wanted to say – if you wanted to take the term athlete to mean, you know, to, to, to mean athletic skill, there are many more guys you would put ahead of Tom Brady. I, you wouldn't even put Tom Brady as the most athletic quarterback. It – you know that title that title goes to Aaron Rodgers that title goes to Drew Brees that title goes to the guys who just have superior athletic skills tom brady has great athletic skills he's also got a great mindset of the game he's also got a he's also done a, a lot to help the game you know he's taken less money so that they can build the offense around him. He has done a lot of... He's sacrificed a lot of things to win at the NFL level that a lot of people won't... that a lot of people won't do or haven't done. So, um, to, to get in an argument of whether Tom Brady is the best athlete, I always say Tom Brady is the most accomplished athlete of, of this generation... And he, he probably will go down as one of the great – if he gets another Super Bowl, you can put him in there as one of the most accomplished athletes of all time, period. And, you know, but that's a debate that we should have you know, in our summer of greatness, um, and we'll save it for another time. All right, so 
We talked about the New England Patriots and their dominance. Alright, so. Alright. So let's jump let's jump to another conclude let's let's jump to to another game. And something that the media likes to do I don't understand why they do this. The media likes to tell you they're tired. They're they like to complain about the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, I do a show. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I don't even talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Some some shows. I try not to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. I I, I don't care about it. I I don't I don't talk about the Dallas Cowboys as much as I probably should as a fan. Okay. The media likes to say, "Oh my god, the Cowboys are not America's team because they're not they're not America's team. Nobody cares about nobody cares about the Cowboys anymore." They have done a story on the Cowboys every day this week. The Cowboys have been knocked out. They have talked about them every day this week. It's ridiculous. They complain about how much the cow, how much press the Cowboys get, and then they talk about they can't they can't stop talking about the Cowboys for any any means necessary. All right, and I, I've I've gotten in some arguments with some Cowboys fans this week, who have said, "Well, I can't." Bl-. Well, people are starting to come to the realization that. Jason Garrett is just not the head coach for the Dallas Cowboys. I have made this argument for going on eight years now that Jason Garrett is not is not the head coach that's going to lead the Dallas Cowboys where they need to go. And people have always said, oh, give it time. He got him to the second round, blah, 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 blah. You see what happens. The Cowboys were severely outcoached against the Rams, and they had nothing to do. They had no way of coming back. They had no way of stopping it. Jason Garrett had was befuddled, outcoached by Sean McVay, and he had no way of correcting what was going on. So... You know that the Cowboys are going to bring Jason Garrett back. They're not going to let go. Jerry Jones has said as much. But then, and Jason Garrett says, Sean Linehan is not going any. Uh, Scott Linehan is not going anywhere as far as the offensive coordinator position. And Cowboys fans were up in in a roar. How can they keep this guy? The offense doesn't. Scott Linehan is not the problem. Okay. Scott Linehan is not going to fix – getting rid of Scott Linehan is not going to fix what ailed the Cowboys this year. What ailed the Cowboys was inside the 20-yard line and short yardage situations. That's what did it. And 
people can sit there and say, well, they didn't have that good. You know what? This offense improved once they got Amari Cooper. You want to give Sean, you want to give Scott Linehan a chance. You give him a full off season with Amari Cooper. You give him a full off season to implement those aspects into the game. You give you let Scott. Uh, if Scott Linehan wants to improve this team, they need to learn how to play inside the red zone. And I, I I've been saying this for a long time. Nothing makes me more upset than when it's first and goal from the two yard line, and they line up in shotgun and run a straight handoff draw play. To the running back. There's no reason to do that out of shotgun. Not from the two-yard line. And people have said, oh, it works, it works, it works. I can only explain this as if you're under center and you run the exact same play, the running back's momentum is going forward. If you're in the shotgun and you run that play. The running back has no momentum. So if he gets tackled, he's going to get stopped. If you run the same play out of the eye or out of a single back formation, the running back is at least going forward. So you have a chance at, hey, if this play gets stopped, the running back could fall forward into the end zone. Okay? That's why I say when you get down towards the end, towards the, when you get down to the goal line and it's first and goal from inside the five, just line up and run the ball. You know, line up and run the ball. Line up and run up. That you, it's okay to run a play action pass. You don't need to run passes just from the shotgun when everybody knows you're not going to run the ball. I mean. These are the kinds of things that I lo- I have looked at from the Dallas Cowboys all season that people finally start to notice towards the end of the season. They start saying, oh, you need to do this. I'm like, I've been telling you this since week three, You told, but you've been telling me. But you you wanted to say during week three, no, it's okay. We're going to grow from this. And then at the end of the season, you're making the same arguments I was making in week three. It's. It's exhausting to go through. But it's also exhausting to just hear the national media going all out. Oh, the Cowboys need to do this. The Cowboys need to do that. To fin-. We don't talk about that about any other team. They like to say, oh, it's been 23 years since the Cowboys have been in a championship. You know, have been in a conference championship. Okay. It's been a long time. It's been a long time for a lot of teams. A lot of teams have not been to the NFC to the NFC Championship game in that span of time. There are a lot of teams that have not put that together. But yet we don't talk about we don't talk about them every day. But they talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Why? Because the Cowboys are box office. Because the Cowboys are America's team. Because more people care about the Cowboys than they do about uh, about other 
organizations, other franchises. It's that it's just that simple. That the Cowboys Cowboys fans care more and Cowboys fans are more expansive. That's why the media talks about them all the time. And that's why they can't get enough. And that's why people like that's why people at those other networks that don't like the Cowboys or just like to pick on the Cowboys, they like to rile everybody up. And it, it it's an exa- it's exhausting. It's exhausting to watch those those things. I don't even watch them when they talk about the Cowboys because I know what they're going to say. I know what they're going to say with, even before they ask the question. So it's not worth it. It's just not worth it to hear their explanations of what what the Cowboys should do. These are people who want the Cowboys to fail telling them what they should do. But then but then they'll say, "Oh, the Cowboys didn't make it." But but those people will pick the Cowboys to finish last. They pick the Cowboys to finish last in the division. Cowboys go out win the division, win a playoff game. Lose to a superior Rams team on the road. But the Cowboys had a disastrous season because they didn't make the championship game. I mean, they, they exceeded your they exceeded your expectations but every time you picked against them. But somehow, it was a bad season for the Cowboys. Somehow, that's a bad season when when you pick them to finish dead last and they end up winning the division winning a playoff game and losing to a Rams team that they should have lost that game by double digits. Instead, they lose by eight. And if Jeff Heath makes a tackle, who knows where we stand, uh, where they where they stand try, trying to put the ball into the end zone. So, so we got that. Um, so the next big thing, that we need to talk about and it involves one of the teams that lost is what are the Eagles going to do with their quarterback situation now we've talked we talked a little bit on this show about it Carson Wentz has been declared the quarterback but we know Nick Foles is comfortable in Philly as the backup I I I'm trying to decide what I think. I'm trying to decide what I think. Um, what I think Nick Foles can do, um, and and really it depends on that contract. What he wants to do. If he wants, I, I think he's got a twenty million dollar option. If he's going to take that twenty million dollar option, then he's going somewhere else. The Eagles can't pay him that. But this is a different cap. Everybody said, oh, he's got to go somewhere else because he'll get more money. This is a guy who who went for more money. Remember? Remember, he left to go to the Rams for more money. Spent the year with the Rams and hated it. And that's why he ended up back in Philly as the backup. Now... There are some interesting uh, tea leaves that are coming out now um, 
uh, Joe DiFilippo, the former quarterbacks coach in um, Philadelphia, has signed on as the offensive coordinator in Jacksonville. So if you're following the dotted lines, could uh, Jacksonville be a destination for Nick Foles? And the question would be, how would they get that done? Would Jacksonville trade for Nick Foles? Would um, would Philly grant him an outright release? That remains to be seen. But now the question is, is that the right move for Philadelphia? I think it's the only move Philadelphia has. Philadelphia cannot keep Nick Foles on the roster as the way it is. They're already the high they have the highest salary of any team and I, I believe that it's like they have five million off the cap. They're five million below the cap. So they really can't bring anybody in. They have to get rid of people so that they can bring in guys, uh replacement guys and so on and so forth. So So they can't keep Nick Foles. Now, the question's going to be, does Nick Foles just want to stay in Philly and be be the backup? If he does, he'll have to take a significant pay cut to do so. But we saw him do such a thing last year where he said, I want to stay on. I don't want to, you know, he nixed the trade to the Browns. He didn't want to, he didn't want to do that. So um, I think... If you're going after this situation, Nick Foles, it's what's in Nick Foles' heart. If Nick, if it's in Nick Foles' heart to play and be a starting quarterback, then he's going to leave and go to Jacksonville. However, Nick Foles is a different cat. He's probably he's he's a guy he's a guy who's been around the block. He knows hey, if I stay here in Philly. I'm going to get X amount of dollars. You know, it's not like he's going to get chump change to be there. It's not like he's going to be getting paid minimum wage. He's going to get, he's going to get a decent salary and, and he likes the area and he likes the situation and he's in a good, and he's, and he's in a good feeling. You know, that's what it's all about. Now, if he wants to if he wants to be a starting quarterback he'll have to do that somewhere else but he could stay in philly be be the savior and, and just be loved by the rest of the league be loved by the fans in philly be the backup quarterback so that i mean the eagles the way the eagles have to look at this is Carson Wentz has not finished a season healthy. He has not played an entire season and finished healthy in his career. So they need someone there to be competent and able to take the reins if Carson Wentz should go down, but they cannot pay him the $20 million. So it, it just – it's a very complicated situation in Philadelphia with the quarterbacks. All right. 
something happens. Real. Alright, so let's go to the let's go to the next big story in the NFL before we get to before we get to talking about the games coming up. We got another big story and a big debate topic and it it'll be interesting to see how some how some people feel about this. But um so we all know Oklahoma quarterback Kyler Murray was drafted ninth overall by the Oakland Athletics to play baseball. Now the A's said Hey, you want to play college football, we'll let you play college football uh, for Oklahoma. Cause, so we'll delay your uh, – so we drafted your rights. You don't have to come to camp with us. We'll let you play college football. They did, and Kyler Murray is now a Heisman Trophy winner and loves playing football. Well, now Kyler Murray has declared himself eligible for the NFL draft. And it's funny watching people uh it's funny watching watching people try to um try to talk about about Kyler Murray and and try to and, and try to where where is his draft value? It's just funny because people say, oh, I wouldn't draft him. I wouldn't draft him in the first round because he could go play baseball. What? If a guy says, I want to draft, I want to be drafted, I want to be in the NFL draft. If you're, if you're looking across from him and then you, then you have to ask him. If we draft you, are you going to play football or are you going to play baseball? You can't do both. Let's just get that straightened out right now. A lot of people want to say, "Oh, he can play. He can play both sports." Because Dion and Bo Jackson did no, 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 no. Dion played corner. Dion didn't even go to huddles. <laughs> All right, Dion didn't even know what the play was on defense. His defensive play was guard the guy that the guy across from you, follow him. That was it. Dion didn't even go to the huddle. He just stood there. On he just stood there. So Dion could do. Dion could fly in, jump off a plane, and go cover somebody. That was doable. You can't do that at quarterback. You cannot be a quarterback on Sunday. And not be there the entire week, be away playing baseball the entire week, fly in, play a game on Sunday, and then go back to playing baseball. It's just, it's, it's just not possible, okay? So for Kyler Murray, he has to make a decision. And if he's entering the NFL draft, you have to say, hey, look, if we draft you, are you going to be here 100%? Because if you're not, we can't draft you. But if the guy says... I'm going to be here. I'm going to be a quarterback and I'm and I'm going to be the best damn quarterback I can be. Then that's what we have to evaluate him on. But to hear people say 
Kyler Murray, I wouldn't draft him in the first round because he played baseball. It, that's just ridiculous. That's just a ridiculous reason to not draft somebody. It's just, it's just a no. Like you didn't. It's just, it's like you didn't put any effort in your answer. You're just like, no, I, I don't think. And to be honest, we we've had this question brought up in in a couple of the groups. We've brought it up. I've brought it up to some people uh, on my personal Facebook page. We brought it up on the on the Facebook page, Fit Down Sports Show. Um, what is, what is the better what is the better position to take? What should Kyler Murray do? Should Kyler Murray go to the NFL or should he go to Major League Baseball? And a lot of people have a lot of people have answered with an antiquated statement with a a very yesteryear take on everything. People have said there's more money to be had at baseball. I would like to challenge that theory because let's just let's just it all depends on player Kyler Murray is. If Kyler Murray is if Kyler Murray's the next coming of Bryce Harper, then yes, there's more money to be had in baseball because there's no salary cap and he can get, you know, he can be looking at a you know, 10-year, 300 million dollar contract. However, if he is not and, and and to me to me Kyler Murray does not look like the guy who's going to get if you look at who gets the hundred million dollar contracts, hundred million dollar contracts aren't coming to guys who don't hit home runs. Jose Altuve's not getting the Manny Machado seven year hundred and seventy five million dollar contract. Jose Altuve's not getting that contract. You know, a a guy who hits for average could be an all star. Hit for average. Hit a decent amount of home runs. You're not getting the Mike Stanton type contract because you're not pounding the ball out of the ballpark. That's the way the game. That's the way baseball is going. You're not going to get that 150, 175 million dollar contract. It's just not going to happen. So you could sit there and you could say, well, he can have a longer career in baseball. Again, people have said people have said that. Tom Brady's playing until he's forty. These quarterbacks, the game is being the game is being controlled at the quarterback position. Quarterbacks are able to play a lot longer. They're not taking as many of the hits. They're not playing as much they're not so if you're Kyler Murray, could you play football into your – because he's a quarterback, he could end up playing into his late 30s. That's that's a long time to be playing. And think about this. I don't know what his contract is with the A's coming in. 
I think it's something like he gets $9 million to play in the A's farm system. And then after, you know, he's still got to play, then go, then make the major league team, which is probably about two years, two years of minor league ball. Then he's got arbitration, which is another three years. You know, by the time he's getting his next contract, his next contract is not till five, six years down the road if he goes and plays baseball. Okay? If he plays in the NFL, you think about where Kyler Murray is going to get drafted. People are talking about he might be the sixth pick in the draft. That's an instant $20 million right there. That's an instant four-year $20 million contract with a player option for a fifth year. There you go. So you're already making more money right there. Plus, on top of that, that's that was just a position. That's just the position. That's just a draft pick position. You add on to it that he's a quarterback, that probably about doubles what that is. Then if Kyler Murray is still doing these Kyler Murray-type things in the NFL, I it, the game has changed to where it's not about being it, it's not about the game has changed to where they're spreading guys out. You're able to read defenses a little bit easier. You know, it's not about getting under center, dropping back, you know, seven step drops, getting the ball up over the lineman. People have said, Oh, he'll be the shortest quarterback. That's okay, you're in the shotgun most of the time. You're in the shotgun. You're able to roll him out of the pocket. He'll be able to figure something out. Okay? Kyler Murray will make... If Kyler Murray is just a decent quarterback, just decent enough, if he's just decent enough to get get his second contract, okay? He'll be easily making $16, 17000000 million a year. And that'll be over like a five, six-year contract. I mean, figure out the math on that. It's easier for him to get that contract in football than it is for him to get that contract in baseball. So people have said, people have said, oh, you got to play baseball because cause there's more money in it. I disagree. I think there's more money. I think Kyler Murray can make more money in football based off of what I've seen. Now, I will I will say this. I have not seen Kyler Murray play baseball. I do not know what kind of a baseball player he is. From everything that I have heard about him is that he's not a slugger. He has a lot of potential, but he's not a he's not he's not an Aaron Judge. He's not going to be He's not going to be a walk a walking uh, home run machine. So, I think it'll be very tough for him to get a lot of money in baseball. Whereas I think in football, I know he's a good quarterback. I know that he can throw the ball. I know that he can throw the ball into tight windows. I know that he can run when he needs to. 
So I think he can be a very good. And now, as far as his draft prospects goes, uh, I think he's I think he's the top quarterback going in already. Uh, who else Who else are you going to take? Dwayne Haskins. I've told you I don't like the prospects of Dwayne Haskins. If I if it's a toss up between Kyle Murray, I'm taking Kyle Murray all day long. So I think Kyle Murray is the top quarterback in this draft. Now the question will be where does where does that fall? Uh a lot of people have said a lot of people have made the ridiculous statement that Arizona could draft a quarterback with the number one pick. If they give up a Josh Rosen already, I mean we'll we'll do some draft we'll do more draft talk later on, but to hear people say well, they should draft. They should draft because they don't have a quarterback. They just drafted a quarterback. And to be honest, the problem in Arizona was not the quarterback. The problem in Arizona was a lot more. A lot more things went wrong than just the quarterback. And you have a quarterback who should be. You should be able to fix the situation with. So, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand people who want the Cardinals to draft a quarterback. That's ridiculous. But it is what it is. So Anyway. So Kyle, that's Kyler Murray. And speaking of Kyler Murray in Oklahoma, this just came over just before we went on on the air. Oklahoma is the landing spot for Alabama quarterback Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, the savior of the SEC championship game, the savior of uh, basically Alabama's season. Um, Jalen Hurts. This is a graduate transfer. He has decided to go to Oklahoma. And as a graduate transfer, it means that he will not have to sit out. He will um, he will be able to play right away. And uh, apparently he does apparently he listens to this show because we have talked about it. We have a caller, caller, I will get to you. Uh, I'll get to you in one second. Let me just finish this point up. Kyler Murray apparently listens to the show because I have told you if I were a transferring quarterback, I would go to the Big 12. We have a caller on the line, so let's take the caller. Let's see what we got here. Oh, welcome to uh, Fit Down Sports Show. Hey, how's it going? I think the, the, the main reason that Jalen Hurts decided to go to OU is because of his short but thick penis. Um, interesting, interesting, uh, um, interesting take on your part. Glad to have you guys back, uh, listening to the show and throwing, throwing your, uh, five cents around. So, um, glad to have you listening to the program. I don't know what you add to the program, but, you know, um, Jalen Hurts did decide to go to Oklahoma and we know Oklahoma, you look at, the last two Heisman Trophy winners, Baker Mayfield, 
quarterback of Oklahoma. Um, Kyler Murray, quarterback of Oklahoma. We've said this. If you're, this works on so many levels because um, Jalen Hurts. What's been the knock on Jalen Hurts? The knock is, oh, he can't throw the ball. He can't run a, he can't run a real style offense. He has to be in a run centric offense. He's not going to be in that in Oklahoma. He's going to be put in an offense where he has to throw the football, where he has to throw it on time. Um, he's in an offense that people, people, NFL people are going to see. This is the perfect spot for Jalen Hurts to revamp his career. The problem is going to be Jalen Hurts' story has already been written. Jalen Hurts is going to have to rewrite, rewrite, rewrite his narrative. He's going to have to change the minds of the people who have bought in and have said, well, this guy can't throw the ball. That's why, you know, he was taken out of the national championship game because he couldn't throw the ball. He's got to rewrite that that history. He's got to come out and just be an absolute dime. He's got to throw dimes, just absolute perfect passes to get people to notice him. And it'll be interesting to see if, if that's the route that he can go. Um, but we did tell you that if we were, if I were transferring quarterback, a guy like Justin Fields. Justin Fields went to Ohio State. Why? Why would you go to Ohio? Why would you want to go to? Why would you want to go and play against Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, Penn State? These are teams that are built on defense. Why would you want to go there when you could go to the Big 12 and you get to play Oklahoma State, Kansas, Kansas State, Baylor, uh, West Virginia, teams that barely play defense? We've we've said it on we've said it on this show for. A number of we've said it a number of times on this show, the Big Twelve, where defense is optional. You want to argue with me about this? The last two Heisman Trophy winners have been from the Big Twelve playing quarterback because they have just racked up so many yards that it's ridiculous. All right, we got another caller here, so let's let's take a call. Here we go. Fifth Down Sports Show. Fan of anal sex. Uh, you got the wrong show for that, that kind of question, um, but uh, I, I don't go into it. But uh, we thank you for listening. But anyway, but anyway, as we were saying, if you're if you want to transfer into a situation, why not? If you're a quarterback, why not go to the Big Twelve? Why not go to a situation where you can put up astronomical numbers? I mean, Jalen Hurts already has the national championship. Already has played in the. He's played in three national championships. The guy has played in three national championship games in three years. He. There, there's no reason why, you, sh, you should not be, behind this guy. It, it doesn't make any sense. Um. 
know, this guy, go, now he's going to go, he's already got the hardware. Now he gets to go put up the personal numbers. It'll be a fun time for him to uh, to see to see what he can do, and 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 that will that will push his stock to where it needs to go. But he's going there. Um, I mentioned Justin Fields to Ohio State. Um, the Ohio State quarterback has transferred down to Miami, so a lot of a lot of transferring, a lot of moving going on. Um, another interesting transfer that we had was Brandon Winbush, uh, the Notre Dame quarterback, has transferred to UCF, which is very interesting. Um, which is very interesting to talk about because they already have they they had Mac the freshman quarterback. They had Mackenzie Milton. Obviously, we know Mackenzie Milton got hurt. But now they have Brandon Winbush coming in. Brandon Winbush is a guy who started a lot of big games, beat Michigan this year, beat Florida State at the end of the year, played a, a lot, was a, had a big role in that Notre Dame uh, offense this year. So it'd be interesting to see how he goes down in uh down in Orlando with UCF. Um there we go. Sit down sports show, what's going on? Would you let a woman put a strap on on and do you from Again, not the show. I don't know what you're listening to. I don't know what in my voice makes you wanna Ask su- such a question, like it, it's just not—it's just not the place for that, man. But we're we're glad to we're glad to have you along. We're glad to have you on here. So, and uh, but again, that it's just not—it's just not the place, not the time, not the time or place that we need to discuss any of this. But anyway, we're talking about Brandon Wimbush. Brandon Wimbush will be the quarterback for UCF. He'll be basically holding the place for Mackenzie Milton as he comes back from a, a horrific knee injury. We, I hope that he's able to come back, and I hope that he's able to take you know, take a year off and then come back and play college football again and get his draft stock up back to where where it uh where it once was but I'm not a doctor I haven't seen anything from from where where his rehab is but just knowing that they brought Brandon Winbush in kind of tells you that they're not going to have Mackenzie Milton next year um and that they're probably hoping that he redshirts next year. Mackenzie Milton comes back, plays another year uh, for that program. All right, let's get, let's dive down, let's dive right in, right into the, um, right into the championship Sunday here. We'll, we'll get into it. Just give me one second to reset my headphones. 
Okay. Now we're back. And we're back. Oh, we got another caller. So let's do that before we do anything. Hey, what's going on? Sit down, sports show. Oh, my God, Chris. I'm listening to your voice. I'm just jerking off. I'm so close. Okay. I'm glad it does that for you. Um, You know, I'm so happy, so happy to hear that. Um, But sounds like a personal problem to me. You might want to try to fix that. Anyway. Um. So we're getting into the net, we're getting into the conference championship games. So let's get into them. We'll start. We'll start with the first one, and I I, I think this is going. Uh, I'll, I'll save I'll save that for later on. We'll we'll go with a straight breakdown first. We got Rams. Rams going into New Orleans. We got Jared Goff, Drew Brees. We got Sean McVay versus Sean Payton, and every everybody's been asking, what's who would you take, Sean McVay or Sean Payton? Well, what what they're really asking when when somebody asks that question is, do you want potential or do you want the finished product? Because Sean Payton was Sean McVay way back in the day, okay? Sean Payton, you follow the arc of Sean Payton's coaching career, that's Sean McVay. Sean Payton was the young genius a time ago. Sean Payton has won a Super Bowl. Sean Payton has put together some of the best offensive seasons we have seen with Drew Brees in New Orleans. We have seen Sean Payton do so many different things. I cannot tell you how impressed I am with Sean Payton. I love Sean Payton from when he was an offensive coach with the Cowboys. He was a wide receivers coach with the Cowboys. Okay? Under Bill Parcells. That's when I really started to really like I thought Sean Payton should have been the successor to the Cowboys. He ended up going to New Orleans. The rest is history. But Sean Payton to me, to me Sean Payton is in my top 5 of best coaches in the NFL. He might even be in the top 3. Okay? But I think so highly of Sean Payton if you're asking me to pick, I'm not going to take Sean McVay because Sean McVay has so much more to do to get to Sean Payton's level. Sean Payton has already done – Sean Payton's done everything that Sean McVay has done. Sean McVay has not even come close to what Sean Payton has done. And Sean Payton has won a Super Bowl. Sean Payton has gotten back to the – championship games. He's played uh he's played in he's he's coached in in these situations before. So I'm not gonna sit here and say, you know, oh I'm gonna pick Sean McVay because Sean McVay's done so many other things. Sean Payton has done everything Sean Mc 
Sean Payton has done everything Sean McVay has done. And we have a caller, so let's, let's take a call. Hey, how you doing, Fifth Down Sports Show? Oh, my God, Chris, I'm coming. Oh, my God. Okay, you were waiting for that long for that. Um, sounds sounds kind of made up. Not gonna lie to you. Um, how you were how you were holding it for that long? I don't I don't really want to know, but um, definitely sounds fake. So interesting interesting point. But back to the point. Back to the point I was making before I was rudely interrupted. But so basically, this game comes down to what is going. What is going to? What is going to happen? Are you for the new? Will the new school uh, way of doing things work, or will it be the tried and trusted method? Um. And. I've got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick with Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton will find a way to figure this out. Um, I think last week. Last week we knew that the you know, the Rams told us, "Hey, Dallas was giving us triggers." I don't think New Orleans is going to be giving away triggers on what they're doing defensively. They're too good for that. They're, they their coaching staff's too good. That they'll recognize if they're getting torn up, they're going to recognize, hey, they're doing something to us. We need to stop doing whatever we're doing, and they'll be able to switch it up. So I'm going to stick. I'm going to go with New Orleans on this one, and I want to check it to make sure. I was talking to a buddy of mine. Um, we were saying, you know, we can pick the games. The the spreads have been what is going crazy in these New Orleans three and a half. I'm going to take New Orleans to win, and I'm going to take New Orleans to win and cover. Win and cover here. I'm going to take. I'm going to take New Orleans. New Orleans thirty-seven, thirty-three. So that's New Orleans and the over with that one. Now let's go to New England against – let's go to New England, Kansas City, because I think this one's going to be the – I think this is going to be a more interesting game at, at the start. Um, I think this one has more intrigue in it. You've got Bill Belichick. You've got Andy Reid. The interesting part of this game to me is that the New England Patriots, how do they how do they play? The New England Patriots play their game by... The New England Patriots play their defense. We're going to take away your best option. Well, what is the Kansas City's best option? Kansas City's best option is Tyreek Hill. I don't think you can take Tyreek Hill out of the game because they can 
as they do so many different things to get him the ball. They can run him down the field. They can run screen passes to him. They can run jet sweeps. They can line him up in the backfield, run swing passes to him. I think he's that's not the guy you can take out. The guy that New England is going to focus on is going to be Travis Kelsey. They're going to focus on getting Travis Kelsey, uh, making Kansas City do something else other than letting Travis Kelsey own the middle of the field. And that'll be putting uh, Devin McCourty on him, putting um, the guy from Oregon, um, putting putting some of their other safeties on and bracket covering Kelsey. So Kansas City's going to have to find some other ways to get the football down the field. Now I've mentioned one of those ways is going to be Tyreek Hill. Another one is going to be Sammy Watkins. So it'll be interesting to see how Kansas City manufactures those yards and how they use Travis Kelsey. Because they're going to have to use Travis Kelsey as a decoy. They're going to have to use him to get away from the coverage, get the coverage out of position, and sneak somebody else behind it. The bigger question for this game is... How does Kansas City defend New England? You know, can Justin Houston and D Ford can they get can they get pressure on the quarterback the way that they got pressure last time? I don't see it happening. I I don't see them being able to get the pressure out of their front four. They're going to have to blitz at some point. And that's going to be the point when Brady picks them apart. Um, a, a lot of people, oh, it's going to be cold. They're not. Both these teams are used to cold. Probably Patriots more than Kansas City. I mean, Pat, Pat Mahomes played all of his games in college in Texas Tech. They didn't really play in the cold. So, how used to the cold? If anybody's not used to the cold, it's going to be that Kansas City offense. So, that's where we go from there. All right. What is going on here? Work with me. Hey, how you doing? Fifth Down Sports Show. Just sitting here talking about football. You think you could put your feet on my balls? Um... Again, that sounds more like a personal issue and probably something you should take up with someone someone else, uh, probably who would be more accommodating. But thank you for listening to the show and thank you for calling in. We, uh, you know, It doesn't affect our numbers for you to call in. It only helps us, so we're all for it. Um, Anyway, anyway, talking about New England here, you know, people have said, oh, the cold will 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 affect the way New England. I don't think it affects New England as much as it affects Kansas City, especially the cold weather. You look at how Kansas City moves the football. They move the football with short passes. Well, what gets affected in cold weather? Short passes, 
Um, New England is able to establish the run a little bit better. So I'm going to stick with New England. I'm going to go with New England in this one, and I'm going to go. I'm going to say. I'm going to say 31-27. New England, Kansas City is the home, so I'm taking the underdog Patriots to win. I'm taking the win and the over. The over of 56, so 31-27. In both, I'm taking both I'm taking both teams to win and win and cover and both games to be over. So I'm taking the Saints, and I'm taking the Patriots. All right. Um, on that note, we are – we're going to – I think we've exhausted pretty much all the topics that we're going to get to today, so I think we're going to shut it down. Um, shut it down. Uh, we've already talked about um, – We've already talked about all all the games that we've talked about the championship games. We've talked about guys making their decisions. Um, so next week we'll be breaking it down. We'll be getting everybody. We'll be getting ready for the Super Bowl. Next week we will open up to some more NFL draft talk. We will um, we'll obviously be on the road to the Super Bowl. So we'll be breaking all of that down and much, much more um, in the world of sports going on next week. So everybody have a good night, have a good rest of the week, and enjoy the games this Sunday. And we'll be talking to you next next week with more breakdown, more Fit Down Sports Show. Look for us on on the web. Go on Facebook. Friend us on Facebook. Like our show. Um, like our page, the more the more we get, the better stuff we're able to do later on in the season. So uh, we'll enjoy that. And everybody, have a good night. We will talk to you next week. <laughs>